Hi guys, this is Sarah. And this is Katrina Joe, and we're the Feds. FedWork is the modern day background check. And Fed is our acronym for Feed Empowerment Daily. And you're now listening to FedWork. Hey guys, welcome to FedWork. I'm Katrina Joe, And I'm Sarah. And on this FedWork Friday, we are going to talk about trauma, but in a different kind of way. Mm-hmm. So Sarah and I are no strangers <laughs> to trauma, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, um, and we laugh about it now. Yes, it's like- I, I'm, so, I'm so happy we're able to, to laugh about it now. But I think trauma is more so viewed as like these big catastrophic things that happen in our lives. You know, it could be, you know, someone passing. It could be, um, and you're saying you've experienced an accident. It could be things in relationships. It could be, you know, different, like kind of like huge life events that we go. But I came across this post on Instagram from this um, self-care and mental health service called Monk Notion. And it really stood out to me because as we are women that love to do a lot of, you know, Mm self-reflecting, you know, self-work in order to heal from certain things in our past or even in the present, whether it is traumatic or not. One one of their posts talked about um, examples of trauma that are often dismissed. And it could be certain things that are kind of looked at as like everyday ordinary things that can cause reactions or can cause trauma reactions from everyday people. Right. And, and when you sent it to me, I was like, oh yes. Like we have to talk about this because it's so, it's, I think it's so ingrained in our daily life that we don't look at it as trauma because the word trauma, like you said, typically is something that's a larger problem, right? It's a major breakup, a divorce, an accident, something bad. Right. And it, it can also be something that happens so frequently (laughs) in your everyday life that your body is having a trauma response to something, like you said, that's pretty standard, you know, something you could experience walking down the street. Absolutely. So I, yeah, the second you sensed it, I was like, we have to talk about this on FedWork. I was so happy you found this. Yeah. And one of the things that they listed is being told you shouldn't experience or show certain emotions. And when I first read this one, it brought me back to a time when I was at a funeral, actually, mm. and I was told not to cry. And oh. I was like, oh, and I was, I was a little girl and I'm like, I'm, a, I'm not supposed to cry. Like, I'm really sad. Oh, you were young. Yeah. I think I was like nine years old and I was like, oh. I am so sad. And, you know, then it was like, okay, I can't cry. And then, you know, God forbid, if I had to go to another funeral, I was like fighting with myself on if I could show these emotions of sadness or not. And I think that, you know, not only relates, you know, to women in in different capacities, but it also relates to men on a larger scale where I feel like men are constantly told like, tough up, you're okay. Mm -hmm. You have to feel that way. Like suck it up, all of these things. Yeah, don't cry. Basically just to mask their emotion that they are the strong one. And Mm -hmm. as we now in this day and age where mental health is such a huge topic, it's proven that telling men that to, you know, kind of hide their emotions and not deal with things have caused a lot of traumatic responses and a lot of traumatic ways that men have healed 
the way that they're able to process their emotions, the way that they're able to relate to women in relationships. And that is a, that is a trauma response. Or they haven't healed. Yes. They could have also taken action because of these things. Right. You know, and like, I know for me, I was talking with one of my guy friends and I was going about hearing him and helping him entirely wrong for him. And I didn't recognize it because I thought I was just helping him, you know? So I was like, it probably wasn't that bad. I'm sure you, you know, that you're over-exaggerating what happened or whatever. Cause I was trying to kind of bring him down from the height place he was at. And he told me, he's like, you're making it worse because you're not validating what I'm feeling. And I just need you to hear me. And I was like, wow, thank you. Because I didn't recognize that by saying that I was actually worsening the problem, right? I was part of the problem when I thought I was helping. And so I've now internalized that. I've been like, okay, I need to make sure that I validate my friend's feelings because all of my friends, because at the end of the day, they're being vulnerable enough to tell me how they're feeling. I have to appreciate that and not try to give guidance, especially I'm not a counselor. I'm not a therapist. I, I don't have any, you know, business in telling you how to heal. Right. You know? And so I feel like the, the trauma that could, and the trauma responses that could come from that, like I'm, I was the one person, let's say, let's say I was the one person they felt comfortable coming to. Right. And then all of a sudden I'm like, you shouldn't feel like that. I'm sure you're in, that is the worst thing I could have been doing. You know, and think of how many people are hearing that from their parents, from their coworkers, from their other friends, from their teammates, from, you know, everyone. And eventually if one person hears it, they're going to stop talking. They're going to stop telling people how they feel. Right. You know, so yeah, I think that, you know, people's responses to even like a small emotion needs to be appreciated and you need to take it and validate it and say, you know, I, I'm so sorry that. I made you feel that way. How can I fix it for next, you know, whatever it is that you need to say, but um, I think people need to be more cognizant of their responses to people that are coming to them vulnerably from a place of vulnerability, Sarah dictionary, I can't speak. Um, yeah, yeah, but I thought that was a really good one because it's something that happens literally every day to people. Yeah. And I mean, you know, who are we to tell the next person that they shouldn't be feeling a certain way? Like everyone reacts to, uh, you know, an experience in their life differently. And like, sure, you can speak from experience that can sometimes help someone else. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, they have to go through it the way that they have to go through and they have to feel those emotions as well. Yeah. And feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another one that was interesting was being frequently overly criticized for how you do things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> I feel like this is one that, uh, you can touch on. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, with, you know, my background in dance, we grow up to have thick skin very early on as a dancer, you basically sign up for criticism all the time from your dance teachers. I mean, that is part of rehearsal is like right. being told corrections and fixing it over and over and over again, your body and whatnot. Um, so I will say in that area, I used it. It wasn't traumatic for me. I used it in a way of like, okay, I want to be better. And it was more empowering right. on that forefront. But on things that I feel that sometimes people are not as confident in, you know, it's like, if you're trying a new skill tomorrow, 
and mm-hmm. all you're getting is criticism, you're going to naturally want to pull back. You're going to want to naturally pull back to right. a place that feels safe. You're going to want to hide under your shell. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to be timid. And that can be a traumatic response, you know, to, or a traumatic experience. And your response mm-hmm. to that is pulling away, you know, like dimming your light. I mean, how many, I'm sure there's time that you've seen someone, your friend with, you know, a partner and you're like, that person kind of dims their light and they're not real. Never. <laughs> and they're not realizing it at the time because you know, it's not something that is so big, right? It's not something that's like a huge, you know, traumatic incident, but you can notice it on someone and naturally, you know, they may go years of dimming their light, of pulling back to where they feel safe, of being small, right? Of keeping their voice in and and all of these things where two, three years from that point, they're like, I don't even feel like myself. I don't know. I don't even know who I am anymore. Yeah, they lost themselves. And that is trauma, you know, and even you might be criticized in the workplace. You might be criticized in, you know, um, by, you know, you say you pick a a workout partner and you're hoping that they're, you know, motivating you, but instead they're criticizing you all the time. You may, you know, slowly start to be harder on yourself. You may not want to go to the gym. You may start overeating, like all of these things can cause trauma in very little ways that, you know, when you're overly criticized, you just, I mean, at least for me, I just want to crawl into my shell and sit on my couch and eat ice cream and not talk to anyone and not do anything. So, you know, you want to look at that as like, wow, like that is trauma in some degree. You know, who are we to say which trauma is bigger than the other? But, you know, we want to make sure that you can give someone constructive criticism to where they feel empowered and they're not dimming their light and making themselves small just to one, you know, one interact with you, interact right. in the space that they're in, you know, try to flourish in a new workplace or a new skill or, you know, around a new group of people. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure this has hit home with so many people coming out of quarantine. Oh, for like, you know, we didn't socialize. We're home all the time. We're not really talking to a lot of people. And all of a sudden you get back out into the world and you're just hearing like, do better. Don't do this. Don't do that. Da, da, da. And it's like, holy shit, let me step back. This doesn't feel safe, you know? Or even in quarantine, if you were quarantining with someone, right. And you weren't with them all the time before. And suddenly you are, you know, why did you put the fork in the drawer that way? Why did you load the dishwasher this way? Why do you chew so loud when you're chewing? Why do you do that? You know, you're snoring, whack them in the face, like things that someone's doing all the time and they hear it consistently. It's going to have an effect on them. Yeah. You know, and I mean, even, even with that, like there is a thin line between moving in or living with someone and you guys are adjusting to each other. And it's like, Hey, of course. That. but if it's just like constant and there's no like love or empowerment or anything ingrained in that or and weaved in that right so balance there it can it can be traumatic for someone that like every time they're like oh my gosh every time I step into this room mm-hmm. someone's gonna say something I don't know if I did this right and then they're stressed right. about the way that they look or the way that they you know are they prepared they're overthinking everything like that those types of habits we don't always 
are, you know, we're not always aware that those are, you know, trauma responses. And that your actions are shaping the way that someone else is going to carry themselves. And like you said, take something into work or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like I said, these are things that you don't recognize as trauma until you see it in front of you. And you're like, oh my gosh, you know, like actions have reactions. We'll be right back with more Fed work after a word from our sponsor. Cartier Rolex Gucci Prada, Jordan Adidas Bottega Veneta. At eBay, it's real, or it's getting the fake out. eBay's team of luxury authenticators are making sure you never get faked over again. Watches, inspected by watch aficionados. Sneakers, checked by legit sneakerheads. Handbags, examined by handbag connoisseurs. And jewelry in the scopes of expert gemologists. These authenticators are leaders in their field with meticulous eyes, making sure your piece arrives as authentic as your style and worthy of your collection. As experts, they know the true difference between a real and a fake. Real carries that rare, distinguished feel, the weight of pure platinum, exquisite scent of Togo leather, the tight stitching on a pair of dunks, the brilliance of real diamonds. So rest assured, your Rolex moves just like a Rolex should, and that colorway on your Jordan Royals will always be on point. The details inspected, the fakes rejected. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay's authenticity guarantee. Everyone deserves real. Visit ebay.com for terms. Yeah. And I think that kind of ties into the next point, which was one that, you know, you can be overly criticized and that can make you feel one way. But then if you are not seen, you know, if you're also not seen for the real person that you are, if you're, if you're not being heard and, you know, when, when, people say like, oh my God, I finally feel seen. Like Mm -hmm. that is so empowering and you can like relate and empathize with that person. Like, you know how that feels when you are in a room, when you're talking to a friend, when you're with a loved one and you're like, wow, I feel seen. Like we all know, and I hope we all know how good that feels. So on Mm -hmm. the other end of it, to not be seen for who you truly are, to have to dim your light, to have to be small, to not be able to get your point across, you know, to a friend, to a boss, to a company, to, you know, a significant other, it can be very challenging. Absolutely. I mean, especially, you know, you brought up work, like this is something I've personally been through. Um, and anyone that's listening that dealt with me in my last probably year, year and a half in LA, I apologize again. I know I've done it before in this podcast, but um, <laughs> there's a level of it gets so like complicated on how to say it, but there's a level of consistently being overlooked because of being a woman or because someone finds you attractive. And like, for instance, at the club, like getting hit on all the time when you weren't asking for it is not as glamorous as it sounds. And there's times where I'm like, I'm here to work I'm good at my, I'm fucking great at my job. Like, do not disrespect me by coming at me that way to try to get around me doing my job Mm -hmm. and consistently that happening over time and no one stepping in and like supporting me in that almost made me take on bitch like qualities and over time became a bitch. And it was never the intention. I don't believe it's in who I am. Can I be bitchy? Everyone can. But like, 
I was to the point where like, I don't think I would have wanted to work with me. I don't think I would have wanted to do business with me. Now mm. I was doing a really good job. Like I, <laughs> I was killing it, but I wasn't my best version of myself. And that was a response to consistently over the years, one, having people consistently saying things to me and two, feeling like I had to step up and act a certain way to get the job done that my male counterparts weren't having to do. And that's coming from clients and that's coming from the people I worked for or with, I should say, because there was a level of, well, you're a girl, so we're going to put you in this position. And it's like, nah, like that doesn't flow with me anymore. Like, yes, there's moments in time where we can use that to our benefit to get, you know, maybe a difficult client. Maybe there's a way to like say something from a more feminine perspective that can maybe shift the way that someone's looking at things. There's ways that we can like empower ourselves as women to get things done differently. I understand that. That's not what I'm talking about here. These are the moments where it's like, no, this is not okay. And I'm having to deal with this and push through this, even when it comes to the people you work for and them literally not respecting you the same way they respect the guys that affects you. Yeah. Like that affects you getting paid differently and being well aware of it and doing more than the other person and knowing it's because you're a woman affects you. Mm -hmm. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And that kind of trauma over time, how do you not become a bitch? Like, yeah. you know, and so it's that, that kind of a thing is like, embrace who the person is and elevate them. You're going to have a better, more, more empowered person working with you and on your team, you know? And I think it's important to, to recognize that as a trauma and a trauma response. Like no one wants to be a worse version of themselves. Yeah. No one sets out to do that, but if that's the response and if you're recognizing that step in and be like, Hey, I noticed some things are shifting and changing. Is there anything that can be done here to make your experience better. And if so, like, let's work on those because I can see a shift in you. Like, I feel like that's how leaders need to be. Yeah. You know, and hopefully, you know, that change starts to happen, but it's definitely something in a male dominated industry that women deal with all the time. I know I'm not the only one, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard it and, um, you know, it's like women are often told in a male dominated industry to be stronger, to be this, to be that, you know, to be, you know, oh, you don't, you can't be so nice, you know, when you're working in a male dominated industry. And I personally just have never subscribed to it. And I think we've touched on it before in the past where I've definitely said that you can be soft and strong, you know, you can be mm -hmm. feminine. Soft. You don't have to, you know, pick up this bitch personality in order to be respected. Now, in some cases I have seen it happen to women in the industry and like you just spoke from experience, you know, you go home and you're like, you know, who the fuck? Like, you know, or that was so draining to put up this, mm -hmm. uh, you know, just because I want respect, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, it can be, you know, it could be a lot. It could be, it could be a lot. And that in itself, you know, being told that and being around, you know, men and different personalities and different people in the industry and, and, you know, having to keep up this, you know, persona. Whether, you know, persona or personality, just because you want to be treated fairly can be exhausting. And in that, you know, in, the, in that itself, it could be, you know, trauma. I mean, I used to, KJ, I used to say it's good because I'm a Gemini. And so all of the people who care about me get to see the positive side of me because I get my bad side out at work. What? 
like that is how I justified it. I was like, it's cool. I'm a Gemini. There's two sides of me. The bad side of me is that's why I'm so good at my job because the negative side of my Gemini gets to flourish at work. Like I genuinely believe that that was accurate. Oh my God. I don't think I've ever heard you say that. That's nuts. Yeah. Like I genuinely near the end of it, I was like, I'm a Gemini. What do you expect? Like my, my friends, my family, they get me like the positive side of me, but I'm doing really good at work because of this. I will say I'd never, uh, I've never seen that Sarah, but I do haven't had to, (laughs) I do know it exists through, through you and your stories. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it was one of those things where, you know, at the time it wasn't like affecting my life that much Yeah, that I thought of, you know, I wasn't like as you being strong. I was looking at it almost like, um, survival, Mm. like, how do I one maintain this insane schedule? Because let's not forget, I was working like insane hours. So mm-hmm. how do I maintain this schedule and still stay at the top of the game in this? Like, how do I, and it's hard. Like there's competition all the time. People are fighting amongst the team, amongst other teams, amongst venues. There's a consistent like flow of having to maintain something. And I felt that pressure, which I think can be positive having pressure to like work harder and and be on top of your game all the time. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but in doing that, additionally dealing with the other side of it, it's kind of where the tornado of the bitch side of me came out. And it was very healing for me when I moved home and kind of got out of that to look back and reflect and be like, damn, like I've apologized to people. Like, because even, you know, it, it was, it was never the intention. It was never what I set out to do, but it was like the the industry and the environment force fed that to me. Like there was no, I couldn't see another way out except, you know, what I ended up doing at the end. So yeah, I feel like, you know, and, and that's not to say that like some of that wasn't also self-inflicted. Of course I felt pressures and I put certain things on myself, but as any woman, as any woman, in a certain situation, you are going to figure out how to survive. Right. And you know, everyone figures that out and arcs a different path on their own. Um, but yeah, I, I can speak for this one personally, where it was like, yeah, I did not feel seen in a lot of moments. And I don't think it's necessarily anyone's fault. I didn't speak up on it either really that much. Um, and I feel like now I feel a lot stronger where I'll say, I'll stand up for myself. Absolutely. I would say anything I want right now and stay it from a place where I can be positive and feminine and still be taken seriously. I love that for you. Thanks, girl. Look at you coming out on the stronger and brighter end. Oh, just elevating. (laughs) Yes, your word of the year. Mm -hmm. Elevate that full circle moment. Full circle moment. But yeah, there's a lot, you know, and we're just touching on a few, you know, a few of of the many, but I think it's important that people think about their actions and what they're doing. And could that be, furthering someone's trauma or furthering someone's insecurities that then could create even deeper trauma you know we all should be just helping people like let's let's try to heal and help each other and even if it's just lending an ear um versus giving Mm -hmm. your opinion on something I think it's important to to kind of look at things like oh that could be a trauma trigger because it could be and I think it helps to look at how you cope with things, you know, day-to-day things. How are you handling them day-to-day? 
and are, you know, the habits that you have to get through some of the simple tasks throughout the day, you know, are they responses? Yeah. And are they, are they pushing you to be better or are they pulling you back? You know, that's a very good point. People could do that daily. Yep. Have a little check-in with yourself every day. Absolutely. Check in with yourself on how to feed empowerment daily. Oh, be full circle moments. Just don't quit. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Well, shout out to our Fed family. Yes. Our empowerment journey. And we will see you guys next week. See you next time. Peace, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of FedWork. We hope that you enjoyed it. Please make sure to like, comment, and subscribe on all platforms. For any inquiries or sponsorship requests, please visit wearefedwork.com.